No, no, no. That's just simple. Okay. Well, then I'll throw Anthony Miller out. (laughs) (laughs) So, do that. And then, uh... All right, welcome in, everybody. It is the Important Nonsense Podcast. I am your host, Steve Bonham. You can find me on Twitter, at Nonsense underscore Steve. My co-host, Neil Smith, at Nonsense underscore Neil. We are back at our regular time, in our regular recording facilities, respectively. Neil, holiday in the books. How you doing? Not too bad. We were debating the pros and cons of whether or not you have ham at Thanksgiving. So feel free to reach out to us on Twitter with whether or not you have ham on Thanksgiving. I I am pro-ham. I am as well, but I've learned as an adult that as a child we always had ham. My parents are from the southeast. Uh, And as an adult I've learned where I live now, that is not a thing nationwide. That is not a a thing. So uh, very interesting, borderline polarizing topic because we had some, uh, some various relations on multiple different Thanksgivings from people we know are very opinionated on this topic. So feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. Do you have ham at Thanksgiving? Yes or no? Feel free. Fire away. I'd love to get some sort of greater pulse on that topic. And to be clear, I mean, it's obviously both. You want to choose ham over... No, it's normally not both, but it's a question of does ham... Spiral cut ham is usually what people are talking about. Honey-baked ham. That's the way to go. Honey-baked is fine, too. Honey-baked is is also... I mean, that's totally good. It's a question of is it on the table not a question of does it replace anything but is it included because a lot of people were like why would you even have ham what are you evil and i'm like no a lot of people do ham and we had people that are like no they i don't. mean i could see the argument if you're saying ham instead of turkey yeah yeah fine but that, that was not the conversation that yeah that no i've I, had basically we treat ham as a side dish so yeah and that's what a lot of people do you get a little <laughs> bit of ham you get you know also, too, for those sandwiches the next day, you know, you cut a nice little slice off that bad boy, oh, put yeah, it right on top of those, those stuffing sandwiches. Yep. Like, come on. Like, and I know people who are looking at, who are, who are like hearing that? this. You like that? We do. We do, Kurt. I have a feeling right now, though, that even though I can feel somebody typing into Twitter right now, just, what are you people talking about? How are you having ham? And I'm like, it's not replacing it. But that's the reaction that we've I've had recently, which I thought was very interesting. I've never seen that. 31 years on this planet, and then recently people are like, who has ham at Thanksgiving? And I'm like, I think half the country? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> like, a lot of people? And I know other people from the South who are my relatives who would be offended if you did not have a some variant of ham on that table as a side dish. So, fire away. Very interested in this topic. All right, well, we got a ton of news to get into that is not ham-related. So that's uh, that's jumping. Oh, this show's already getting worse. The football preview. Halfback, passes to center, back to wing, back to center, center holds it, holds it, holds it! No, not that football. Aw, the Denver Broncos! Yeah, that's the one. You just don't understand football. News. Good news, everyone. Extra, extra, read all about it! And stats. You need to win. You play to win the game. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. Melvin Gordon suffered an MCL sprain, Neil. He was questionable to play this weekend. They went ahead and played him anyway. Could you hit the, so oh now, my god, why drop, please? <laughs> I feel like that needs to be hit. Oh, wait, the panic button? Yeah, oh my that. god, why? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so he's expected to miss multiple weeks, according to a couple different reports out there. But as we've talked about all year, I mean, one of the most clear handcuffs in the entire league is Austin Eckler. Is he not? I mean, the no, dude has like, legitimate the, flex value on his own. Yeah, you and I talked about this in the preseason, and he was one of our, like, four actual handcuffs that exist in fantasy yeah. football. And he's one, uh, if you own, much in the same way that if you own Fournette, you need to have one of the other guys, at least at a bare minimum. We've been saying since the preseason, if you own Gordon, you have to have Eckler, period. That's it. And there's very few guys where there's an actual handcuff you would want. So Austin Eckler, a guy who will just slide into that primary role, Got to be a fringe RB1 at least, right? If not a solid RB1. I have him about RB10. I have about RB10, RB11, that right there. 
Yeah, if he's somehow available in your league, I don't know how he would be, but if he is, he He's available in like 40% of leagues. He didn't make the waiver column because he's not high enough, but he was still out there in about 40% of leagues as of yesterday. Yeah. So and again, I don't know how that's possible since he should have been holding them all year if you're a goalie. Well, the 40% of people don't listen to our show. Yeah, well, I think it's a little more than that, but we'll, we'll go with 40 We'll go with 40 because it makes me feel better. How about that? <laughs> Meanwhile... Andy Dalton heading to IR. Dalton left the loss to Cleveland this week with a thumb injury. The initial prognosis was positive, so they were thinking maybe he might even play this week. Unfortunately, though, he uh, headed probably for the surgery table with the IR stint. Jeff Driscoll now steps in under center. They also signed veteran Tom Savage to back him up, so good luck. Lower expectations for all Bengals pass catchers for sure, but I believe this makes Joe Mixon a fringe RB1, given he'll probably have even more uh, reliance on the run game there for Cincinnati. What are your thoughts on the uh, primary pass catchers and runners there in Cincinnati with the Dalton news? Well, you're getting A.J. Green back this week if you've been trying to wait that out. They're trying to suggest that he's going to play this week. Uh, he, personally, is saying very loudly that he is playing this week amid other reports saying they might deactivate him for the year. So wait and see. If A.J. Green is playing, he's probably playing for you because you can make other arrangements. But even if you got 70% of A.J. Green, it's probably still better than a lot of those other options. So you're probably playing A.J. Green. Uh, I actually think this might is kind of neutral for Boyd. Wouldn't shock me if he moved up a little bit just based on the fact no other <laughs> factor other than A.J. Green is out there. And he just they can't bracket cover. Yeah, Boyd anymore. Decoy. Yeah. yeah, so that's what was happening. They'd realized, other defenses had realized, well, he's their only good player. So we'll just take Boyd away, and if you can beat me with CJ Uzama, go for it. So, it, in the passing game. So, yeah, and I think I agree with you. Joe Mixon moves up a bump, gets a little bit of a bump. Uh, Giovanni Bernard is probably the handcuff you want there since he is now officially healthy, just keeping tabs on that situation. And the last thing I will say on this topic is uh, Jeff Driscoll. Uh, more athletic than people were giving him credit for, I feel, because people were kind of just saying, oh, it's Jeff Driscoll, blah, blah. Yeah, he's actually pretty good at running the ball in his own right. So look for more of that from the Bengals. I think you're going to see a lot more running the ball, and you're going to see less passing just in general, but you're also going to see more QB running. So just a lot more of a shift in that direction, because he is much more mobile and athletic than he's being given credit for. Yeah, I mentioned it in the waiver column before we were certain about Dalton's status, but Giovanni Bernard, a guy that is widely available out there on waivers, and uh, made the waiver column this week because as a Joe Mixon guy, we've seen it now twice. The two games Joe Mixon missed, Giovanni Bernard had a 19.5 and, and a 21. So if he gets the job because Mixon is out, Bernard is a fringe RB1 himself between the pass catching and the workload that he'll get. So... Again, we mentioned there's only a few clear-cut handcuffs out there in the league, and he's certainly one of them. Meanwhile, Marvin Jones also heads to the IR. After some optimism, he would return in Week 13 against the Rams. All of a sudden, the Rams have decided to pack it in for 2018. Step one in that was not further risking injury to their number one wide receiver. With him done and Tate and Philly, Kenny Galladay is now the last man standing, essentially, in that Lions lackluster receiving core. If anyone gets a boost here, it's Bruce Ellington. In uh, the last couple games, he's seen 12 catches on 16 targets with Marvin Jones on the sideline. Michael Roberts, who's one of their three rotating tight ends, has seen the most targets among that tight end core. However, he's seen the least amount of snaps. So it's all in the red zone. I can't really get behind any of these guys. If I'm going to endorse anyone more so than I normally would, it's probably Theo Riddick because I believe he sees a big uptick here in uh, in PPR especially. We've seen that the last uh, few weeks now. He's got four consecutive games with at least five catches. So maybe he goes back to being the old Theo Riddick of, hey, we've got no one else, please catch the ball for us. Yeah, Theo Riddick has been in the waiver column for quite a while. You wrote about him. I've written about him recently, about two weeks ago. Uh, with running back, the state of running back, He's somebody that needs to be owned at this point, even with the idea that he hasn't really been great this year. He's getting, on average, about seven targets a game. And so just given how running back works in PPR, yeah, Theo Riddick is a guy who needs to be owned. And with the news from today, if you had to go back to the LeGarrette Blunt well, 
like had to. I don't necessarily hate it one more week because the Rams have just been getting gashed on the ground. So if I had to do it one more week, you could probably plug in LeGarrette Blunt. But yeah, I agree. Theo Riddick's the ad, and in deep leagues, uh, uh, Bruce Ellington. Meanwhile, all right, Neil, the turmoil in Jacksonville. You want to do this in the style of thirty for thirty? Oh. What if I told, what if you? I told you? What if I told you? <laughs> uh, here comes the lawsuit. I can already see the cease and desist heading our way, but that's all that's right. fine. That's fine. We were going to get one of those from Wendy's anyway. You mean sponsorship? Yeah, that's what we're going to get. It's either a sponsorship or a cease and desist. There's very little middle ground. By the way, Wendy's chili for winners. Only for winners. Only. That's it. But that's at the stage for you. For those that missed it, Dante Moncrief made a great turnaround catch at the one-yard line. Set up a goal-to-go situation in the third quarter with the game tied at 14. Now, the refs initially called it a touchdown, but you could see in the replay he was clearly down. His butt hit the ground at the one with the ball in his lap, so it was going to get called back. You knew it would get reversed. The Bills defender also got his hand on the ball because, like I said, Moncrief had to turn around and reach over him to grab it. So the two of them were kind of fighting for the ball. They both held the ball on the ground and kind of wrestled for it for a good minute or so. Then all of a sudden, the D-lineman and O-lineman came in and started pushing and shoving. And then Leonard Fournette, being the genius he is, best weapon they had this week and the previous week and the week before that, comes off the bench and just starts throwing haymakers and just just throwing bench. And then the big thing there is off the bench. That's the part you got to keep in mind here is he he was not in that play at all and he came in off the sideline to start throwing punches and getting in the middle of the fight. So both him and the lineman he was fighting with were ejected. Carlos Hyde gets stuffed at the one on first and goal. False start puts him back to the six. They hit Didi Westbrook who scores on a wide receiver screen. That gets called back on a hold. So now all of a sudden it's second and goal from the 16, and Blake Bortles gets sacked twice in a row. What started out as first and goal from the one turns into a 35-yard field goal attempt for Josh Lambeau, who, by the way, has made 28 consecutive from under 50, and he shanks it to the left. It was the Jets' season summed up in a single drive. Like if you, Leonard Fournette's the best player they have, and he's not in the game. <laughs> now, normally it's injury this time it's being ejected and then they just can't get out of their own way boneheaded mistakes yeah it just they went on to lose the game it summed it all up the entire jag season right there but the fallout from that is this leonard fournette was ejected from sunday's game for the fighting i mentioned he has been suspended one game he appealed and lost so he is out this week so it is something we talked about during the hide trade Yes, Carlos Hyde will get the bulk of the carries, but in PPR, I want TJ Yeldon all day, every day. Even in standard, I feel like it's close, Neil. I don't know where you stand on it, but in that format, I think it's Hyde because of the volume and goal line work. I just, it's it's still closer than people might believe because of how involved TJ Yeldon is in the offense. Yeah, I'd feel better about it if I actually saw Carlos Hyde really do anything. I mean, let's Carlos also. Hyde has just looked terrible. Well, all, he looked terrible. He looked terrible in the Browns towards the end. That's why they dealt him. Like that's part of it. Is they're like, look at this guy Chubb. All right, he's learned how to block well enough. Throw him back there and just give him the ball because he's just out. He's yards per carry. He's better. Yards after contact. He's better. Catching the ball. He's better. So it just made so much sense that they they. It's almost like Carlos Hyde this. isn't good at football. You know, it is almost like somebody that I know wrote like that article every year and put it on some Boy. website that I may or yeah, may not write for. Reach out to that guy. Yeah, maybe we'll get him back on the show. But yeah, that it's Carlos Hyde. So no, I don't feel great about starting starting Carlos Hyde ever. Also, if you didn't see it today, he was whining about his level of touches, saying he doesn't want to come here. Which is always backup. a good formula. And I'm like, great. Great. That's well. The squeaky wheel gets the grease sometimes, so maybe he gets what he wants. But if he, if they do that and he looks bad, that okay, game over. What I worry about with Hyde because this is a one week deal. This is a one week pick him. So for one week, I like Yeldon, and it's game flow for me. I'm expecting Jacksonville to be down in this game to Indy because just 
I watched that game like two weeks ago. It feels like, <laughs> and I have a feeling it's gonna it's gonna go in a lot of ways very similarly. The Colts are moving the ball against everybody. The Jacksonville defense is a shell of itself. So I'm expecting uh, the Colts to kind of repeat what they did uh, about two weeks ago, the last time these two teams uh, squared off. You never know. It's playing with fire because it's a division game, and people make adjustments, obviously. But just the disarray, I don't like it. So for me, it's Yeldon in PPR and Stanford because I know what Yeldon's job will be. And when he like, – Yeah, I get that. Like I said, it it's is close. close but and the only reason I, I give her hide in Standard is because yeah, the of the goal, goal line. line no, I totally get that because it's Standard. It's all about who's going to fall into the end zone and get you with that touchdown. If you're asking me who's going to have more total yardage, it, who's going to have more receptions, more who's going to – It's TJ Yeldon, Yeldon all day. All day, every day. It's not yeah. even close. But the fact is that Carlos Hyde could have 25 yards rushing and two yeah, touchdowns he could, from the one. He could. Yeah. I just don't know that – I just have a feeling they're down at such a level in this game that with a new offense, they're going to try and run the ball. So if you're playing Hyde and you don't see success early, I think you're in trouble. That's what I'm saying. It's like I, I, if they get stopped at the two or the three, Carlos My Hyde point is I don't know that they're going to be getting the to the two line. or the three. <laughs> so – Okay. That's my issue with the whole thing is you're yeah. making the assumption that, yes, the Colts defense is bad, but I'm concerned that they are even going to get to the two or the three reliably because they might score from the six and then that's all useless. I, I would prefer Yeldon. Just I know what Yeldon's yep. job is. If I had to roll the dice on Hyde, it's a flex and I don't feel great about it, but I will hold my nose and do it for literally one week and then right back on the waiver wire you go. Fair enough. And they fired uh, Nathaniel yeah, Hackett. So that's my other that was my other coordinator. concern, by the way, is it's Cody Kessler, as you're about to allude to. And I've yeah, Cody maybe, Kessler named the new seen Cody Kessler QB. play football. Also with Carlos Hyde, because that's hilarious, because the world works like that. So it's just a, it's just not. <laughs> Look, they, they've lost seven games in a row. Uh, they're sitting at three and eight. They have currently the number six pick in the 2019 draft. By all accounts, this is a lost season for yeah. Jacksonville. This is a team that had aspirations to go to the Super Bowl. Oh, I think Bowl. it's a blow-up situation because you know their cap number. We, we, we talked about their cap number. Right, we've talked about their cap problems yeah. in the past is the fact that this there's no way they can keep everybody together. I know the stat offhand, actually. Uh, they are... Jalen Ramsey is uh, on the block. Yep. We, that has been He's widely on the block, known. and I think a lot of teams are afraid of having to deal with him in the locker room. I think the Rams actually... They're clearly moving on it. from uh, Blake Bortles. Yeah, that's so... over. It's, I think a lot of these people look, are fired at the end of the year, frankly, based on this It wouldn't surprise me if the Jags were the ones to go out and grab Joe Flacco all. in the offseason. And they were to push and be the Giants and say, we can win now, we can do it, and try to win before they have to blow up the defense because they literally have to. Or they could come out and trade every defensive asset they have and get rid of uh, just cut Leonard Fournette, basically, even though he's not that, making a ton That of money, I don't think they would do. I think, you retain, I think Fournette. you retain Fournette because he's not making a whole lot of money. I don't know how many years he still has on that deal. But Fournette is on a – I believe this is going into the last year. Okay, of well, we'd have to look at that. Which is not a lot of yeah, money. we'd have to look at that. If he's going to ha- about to get paid – But you have yeah, to be – but I, I'm sure they're willing to move on anyway, yeah. and you'll see if you can trade well, him in the last year of his deal. I, I should say not cut him. Before we move him. off the topic, because I do know the stat offhand, it's there. if they keep everybody, if Jacksonville wants to keep everybody, you know, if you tried to, they're $60 million over the cap now. So before you've got to deal with rookies and – Anything else, and that's with the in- increased cap number, they'd be $60 million over the cap because all they have all these poison pill contracts that are coming due into, like, their guaranteed money. And so some of these guys have to go. I mean, there's no way they can keep everyone right. together. So it feels like we're talking the same language, which is you and I. Now, part of that is Blake Bortles' money, which will be yeah. gone. Part of that is Carlos yep, Hyde money, which will be which gone. Will be gone and, but yeah, still. but they're, uh, there's other deals than that on the defense in particular that they have where they're way overpaying guys who are not playing very well. They played well last year and they're not playing very well this year because this was a to me, this was a one shot. We're going to try and win a Super Bowl this year. And now it feels like, well, we failed at that. So now I think we're just going to completely scrap it and, and just try and rebuild. But it wouldn't surprise me really either way if they went out and got Flacco and tried to fix QB and say, well, now we got him. We're better. And it wouldn't surprise me if they traded everybody and went full rebuild. We just kind of have to wait and see. But in the meantime, the pass catchers have been a wasteland. Yeah, it's all since Marquise Lee went it's down. All, it's it's all been bad this year. 
Uh, Cody Kessler doesn't change that in any way, shape, or form. Nah, exactly. It's not like he's going to make anyone more consistent. No, nah, he pretty much makes it work. Fournette's still a top ten guy when he's not suspended because he's been just dominant. Yep. As we said he would be when he'd come back. Uh, is there literally anything else? I mean, Josh Lambeau, the defense, literally anything. Uh... Or is this a full-on Bills situation? It's trending towards the Bills situation for me because uh, we talked in the pre-show. Even the defense. The defense was what I was going to say. The defense was the one thing that you'd probably hang your hat on and go, okay, I'll take the defense. And then they got a negative against the Bills last week. Uh, That's the the matchup. The Bills offense. That's the get-right game. And you got pummeled and you lost. And it's just... And that's uh, why you never overpay for That is why. That is the exact reason as to why. Because it's like people will point to, oh, well... Drafting Minnesota worked out. It's like, yeah, but for every Minnesota, there's fives. So it's like, yeah, one, one pays off. But it's impossible to predict, just about. It's, like, really hard. So I guess we pour one out for the Jacksonville fantasy usefulness for the year, <laughs> except for Fournette. We get to the full Bills situation where it's RB1. Well, my favorite part of that, and we'll do this quickly, he bought Wembley. And then they're making him give it back because apparently there was something wrong with the deal. So I think that deal's getting skunked. Nice. So I was actually concerned that if they go full rebuild, this is how you get the team moved. But he doesn't have Wembley anymore. <laughs> he doesn't have Wembley anymore. That was a big thing. Like, if the guy who owns Jacksonville owns Wembley, I feel like you could have made that happen. Like, okay, we're just going to do this finally. We're going to move Jacksonville to the U.K. But the deal got skunked, and so now I don't know what you do. So I'm wondering I'm, – I got my eye on that. I, I got my eye on that one. That's a very weird, like, low-key subplot of the saga of Jacksonville. Like, are you going to be in Jacksonville for how many more years? Because I, I think if Sihi Khan can do it, I think he would like to have them in the U.K. I think that's a uh, point sure, of, who I think it's a point of pride thing for him because he's that he strikes me as that type of dude. Meanwhile, Mitchell Trubisky missed the Thanksgiving game last week. He didn't make our list. Uh, in last week's news, because I just assumed he was going to play. It was early enough in the week that it was it was just a shoulder bruise, he'll be fine, just going to miss a couple practices, and then all of a sudden on Wednesday we found out, nope, it's the Chase Daniel experience. So uh, that was kind of a surprise. But Bears still ended up winning the game. Go Bears! Didn't play uh, too much into the value of the wide receivers having uh, Chase Daniel out there. They kind of did what they normally do. Uh, Taylor Gabriel, still the guy you want. You know, Allen Robinson has been spotty because of the injuries. That that's been the issue there. And then Trey Burton, same thing, hot and cold. It's also matchup. Trubisky helps his it's value. Also matchup dependent yeah. to a certain extent. Both those guys. It crushed the running backs yeah. though, because they were just can. I mean, Detroit was all in on stopping the run. So. Well, sure, make Chase Daniel beat you, and then Chase Daniel did beat exactly. you. Exactly. The defense had a lot to do with that too. Because that always plays So out. I'd watch the reports just as we approach game day. Again, Trubisky's been a top 10 guy, which is something we talked about it in the is. preseason and everybody. No, oh, yeah. Remember my QB breakdowns yeah. thing where I had Trubisky and everybody was giving me yeah. crap online and they were like, Homer. It's like, no, get out. Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn with all of it. Yeah, exactly. Get off my lawn. Get it out yeah, Trubisky. But no, given their primetime matchup the following week with the Rams and then their lead over the vikings now in the division they're not going to rush trubisky back if they don't have to this week right i mean there's no they're playing the giants on the road nothing is guaranteed but he did practice today on a limited basis but he wasn't supposed to practice so just watch the reports he came back a day early yeah monitor the situation it's possible he doesn't play it's possible he does but Uh, either way it wouldn't surprise me if they were cautious and just either way i don't think it's anything to super worry about uh I mean, I'm not necessarily advocating you start Chase Daniel, but for anyone else, I mean, uh, I'm not. As we pointed out, I'm not overly concerned. Um, yeah, it's the Giants. And, yeah, it's the Giant. It's the Giants D, and that's just not. Yeah, not gonna. I do have to say though, the matchup significantly better for the running backs against the Giants than it was against the Lions if they do go with Daniel again. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. So the the Lions have weirdly they were terrible at the run and then they got snacks harrison and suddenly they're like top five so from literally going get snacks their one yeah. run defender Lions, they, yeah. Lions get snacks and it's like oh we can block now okay well there we go yep so that was all that took apparently that was a great move so far it's paying off in spades for the, what remains of the lions that's what's unfortunate about that that's that's working good now the rest of it yeah. right meanwhile 
All right, some running back news to run through quickly. Rex Burkhead officially activated to the 53-man roster. The injury to scare to Sony Michelle over the weekend kind of makes this even more interesting, but I've hyped this up for a few weeks now. I feel like the James White glory days are behind us. Rex Burkhead's just going to completely cut into that, and I kind of have Burkhead and White in the same flex-ish territory rest of the season, especially because... As we've talked about, he's the fresh legs guy that Belichick is going to love to Oh, by the on. way, we totally called that. Just on the show, multiple yeah. times. Trade trade White now. Get him out before the deadline. Back-to-back single digits. Thank you very much. And now it's going to be even worse with the yep. Rex uh, not, not, not looking better. So, yeah. Once again, reports coming out of Philly that Josh Adams will see even more touches this week and more touches each week as the season yeah, goes on. We've else. mentioned this a couple times. The rookie RB has just been getting more and more involved since he started a couple of weeks ago. He's now scored a touchdown in back-to-back games. He's even getting involved in the pass game, becoming a PPR threat. Given the workload and skill set, I mean, what's your outlook for Adams' rest of season? Where do you rank I kind of made that joke too early. I was like, we got nothing else. It's the only thing that's working anymore. Can't throw the ball. Zach Ertz and Zach Ertz and this. And that's what's working. And we're just going to go with that. Because if it's if it we gotta we gotta win these we gotta win some of these games to try and get to the playoffs. So I've got Adams as a uh, like I've got him around like 13 or so pretty much weekly. It kind of moves up and down. Yeah, fringe RB one. Yeah, yeah. fringe RB one. Like he's if he's gonna catch passes, our rankings before especially the rankings I was doing was based on him not catching any passes. If they're just gonna abandon, yeah, that's what I said. He's got no PPR value now. If they're the, gonna give him that, if they're gonna abandon Clement Smallwood completely and just do this. And he's going to catch passes. Oh, that's a totally different conversation. Because if he's going to be the guy, I'm still not crazy about like his yards per attempt and some of that stuff. But volume. I mean, it, it becomes about yeah, last week. He had 86 yards, I think it was, and a touchdown. Yeah, something like that plus a couple pass catches. And uh, what was great to see was the, um, what was it? It was the drive in the third quarter after he had been injured. Uh, he was injured in the first half with a shoulder injury, left the game, and then came back into the second half against the Giants. And there was one drive where he broke like a 30-yard run, and then they just kept giving yeah. him the ball. They didn't care that he was getting stopped. They just they fed him well, like seven times in a row until he. And that's the thing. That's what I've noticed about him. Like it's not great on a yards per attempt or a yards per carry basis based on how much they're actually. But then, yeah, he's real but lanky. then he smashes he's real, a 30-yard run. Thin. And it's like, okay, well, that makes up a little bit in certain ways for the for some of the inefficiencies, let's call it. Like, just So if he's yeah. going to get better, though, which is which is what I'm projecting, if he's going to get better and clean up some of these mistakes and learn how to hit the hole a little bit better and things like that, things they can work on, he might he – might, you might be on to something with this. He might He might actually be okay. So we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah, and I'm real curious to see how that's going to play out in the offseason with J.J. That's the bigger thing, because if J.J. is just going to... That'll be one of our harder things to rank next season. That's going to be hard. Well, we'll we'll see what they do with J.J. We'll see how that all shakes out. Ooh. Foreshadowing, shadowing, Here we go. There it is. It hurt a lot. Meanwhile... All right, some tight end news to get through. Unfortunately, man, oh man, it's like a friggin' mash unit out by you over there. Oh, yeah. Jeff Hireman, done for the year. Suffered a couple broken ribs and a bruised lung in the win over Pittsburgh on Sunday. Case Keenum is a tight end, loving quarterback. Just they always have value. Yeah. The, Who's the next man up? Matt though? Lacoste. I mean, at this point, Matt Lacoste. I Matt know the Lacoste. answer. It's there Matt Lacoste. He caught a touchdown in last week's game. He's a guy that's been around, kind of like Hireman. They like him, but he's kind of been beat up, and they use him to block for a while, and he can catch a little bit. So we'll see. I think he's got about as much value as Hireman did, roughly. It, it's kind of in that scenario, and it's 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 just that kind of way because that's what Denver has Denver has kind of made the commitment to. We have to keep getting the tight ends involved because we have to run the ball to win these games. And for whatever you think of Denver, they are five and six, and they're coming off back to back wins. Nobody thought they had a chance in, and it's because they've kind of figured out like oh, we're not getting the ball anymore. Throw Daniel Sanders, and then the rest of the time I'm going to pound the ball at you and just try and take the game over. And when they can do that and they're successful, they win a lot of those games and. Uh, the tight end, moving the ball on third down with the tight end is is critical to that. So Matt Lacoste. All right, name to note. Evan Ingram suffered a hamstring injury in pregame warm-ups on Sunday. Unfortunately for Ingram owners, 
That wasn't reported until 16 minutes after kickoff had already happened. He was questionable to come back, but he never played a single snap in that game. There's currently no timetable for his return. Look, after the whole injury fiasco and how inefficient this offense has looked pretty much all year, I was skeptical about Evan Ingram's production for the rest of the season. Now, given a new injury this late in the season, is Evan Ingram droppable? Yes, he is droppable. Uh, and uh, that's sad, given how tight end is. But yes, he's droppable. You don't need to be holding. Right. Given the sad state of affairs of that position, for him, a guy that was top five coming into the season, to be uh, pretty much waiver yeah. fodder, it's a, a la big, Royce Freeman. Big plus. It's, uh, that's not even yeah. Royce Freeman's fault. I feel bad about that. It's not even Royce Freeman's fault. He's been hurt. People, oh, people be hating on Royce Freeman. Not even fair. He's perfectly good. It, Philip Lindsay is just electric. Is part of yeah, that. Yeah, Philip Lindsay just Willie Phillip, Tipton. Yeah, well, too, Philip Lindsay so is like electric. That. That's the that's the problem. People are. It's it's crazy to watch those two. Yeah, and if only somebody could have warned us about Philip Lindsay in the preseason. Yo, how you doing? How you doing, baby? <laughs> no. Jack Doyle. Also, another guy who my top five in the preseason I got to pour one out for. Takes a bizarre injury. He left Sunday's game in the third quarter. Quickly rushed to a nearby hospital there in Miami. He suffered some sort of damage to his kidney that required immediate surgery. He is in stable conditions, going to make a full recovery, but he is done for the rest of the year while he recovers. Crazy story. But now we are back to Eric Ebron being the last man standing in Indy. Eric Swoop is out injured. Their fourth tight end, oh, whose Allie name Cox. currently eludes oh, me, Cox. is also out. Oh, there you Allie go. Cox. Uh, One-handed touchdown, man. Uh, Ebron missed today's practice with a back injury. So you're clearly hoping that that's not severe. That's However, if he is good to go, it would have to be, right? At this They're point. running out of tight ends, as you've alluded to. I think that's preliminary. Yeah. So, I mean, this plants him firmly in the top five, does oh, it yeah. not, rest of the yeah, season? Yeah, the, the, the yeah, usage and to. touchdown numbers are finally going to balance out. So it's been a weird season with all the huge touchdowns, but he's finally going to end up, I think, putting up some yards and some touchdowns because they're just going to have to throw it to him. It's just That's just what it's going to be. I mean, I was right about an indie tight end being top sure. five. I just never in a million years. Well, also, I never – who would have expected, so. as you pointed out, Jack Doyle taking a kidney shot like that and it being – Well, and to be injured all year, Yeah, basically. to be, like, hurt and then now – hurt enough and that's that's and that's a dangerous injury i can totally understand why they shut him down i mean although jack doyle next season sleeper oh yeah good value on some jack doyle next year oh yeah he's gonna be ranked like in yeah, the 20s great value everybody's on that. like no jack doyle he's the backup yeah. jack doyle's gonna get all the yards Cha-ching. Yeah. cash it out straight cash homie straight cash homie Ugh. speaking of straight cash shout out to aiden at ff where our guy uh, with the holiday last week, there was no daily awareness, so that's all right. It's a strange week for everybody. All good. But uh, back to daily this week. Aiden, get back to work. <laughs> Come on. So, we're getting into the playoffs some, here. I need to win, win some, some money. some money here, all right? Come on. We're getting into crunch time. Let's do this thing. <laughs> all right, Neil, let's, let's get into Devil's Advocate. May I play Devil's Advocate for a moment? It's time for some Devil's Advocate. Who the devil are you? Debating the topics. There's still one thing that doesn't make sense. The community is talking about. Now, what were we talking about? Ladies and gentlemen, daily awareness headed into. Excuse me. Learn to read. Learn to read. <laughs> there, there it is. is. There With the it reading. Is. It's his own With segment. The, reading. the segment you created. The segment that you do. Oh, uh, learn to read. <sighs> Abbreviated. You had one job. Have, yeah, really. <laughs> Abbreviated. Devil's advocate for week 13. We are going to do a ton of trust or bust because it is playoff time. Everybody's got lineup questions. We're going to get to them. So there's really only one devil's advocate question. And it's really probably the most dropped guy, maybe Alex Collins, but one of the most dropped commodities in uh, waiver action this week was Devin Funches, the Funchise. And it's really just kind of a polarizing topic because people are kind of looking around at, well, do I add Carlos Hyde? We covered that already. Do I add, you know, some of these other guys? There's a handful of decent, you know, potential options this week. 
Uh, but what about the franchise? Do we think it'll get better? Is it worth the speculative ad, or do we just leave him on the waiver wire? That was really the most polarizing topic of the week. And so there's one side of it, which is I'll do uh, I'll do the pro. Yeah, go add Devin Funches if you can. Uh, I mean, it's the franchise. He's the number one wide receiver there still. Don't give me that Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore. Uh, it's too flaky. Like, he's been bad, but he's been hurt. So, you know, he missed the game last week. Hopefully that's enough to get him right, and they'll go back to him being wide receiver three, vertical threat, uh, PPR guy. Totally worth holding on to. Like, no, you know, schedule softens up considerably. They got two matchups with the Saints in there where they're going to have to throw uh, just to be competitive. These are games they probably need to win at least one to try and really get a good, you know, op- opportunity to go to the playoffs here. Got to win some of these games. So, you know, better days ahead for Funches. Totally worth the ad uh, if you have the option and need uh, depth at receiver. Counter to that, uh, DJ Moore was drafted to be the number one receiver there. They gave Devin Funches the shot at the end of last season when they got rid of Kelvin Benjamin, and it it didn't really pan out. So they drafted DJ Moore to be their number one guy. They eased him into the system, and he has been a big play guy for them the last couple of weeks now. More and more involved as the season has gone on. He will see a larger workload going forward, and that will eat into Funchess, who has been okay when given the opportunity, but he has not broken double digits since week seven. I mean, that's, that is a long stretch of being inadequate. It just, he has clearly shown over last season and this season that having the number one corner on him is trouble. And until they have someone on the other side that they can consistently rely on taking the pressure away, it's going to be a rough go for him. And for the record, just for real analysis, I actually tend to go more in line with uh, you don't need to pick up Devin Funches. Like, don't worry. If you're desperate at wide receiver, I guess it would make sense. Like, if you're super desperate. But even then, I would rather Taylor Gabriel, who is, avail- who is available in more leagues. Yeah. So give me Taylor. Uh, I'll, I'll take a shot on Taylor Gabriel, who has been boom or bust, but the last two weeks has at least put up double digits. And they're not crazy, but they're like actual like wide receiver numbers that you would expect a wide receiver three to have. So it's it's something like that. I don't think you really need to have Funches. And uh, you could probably let him go, frankly. Because what used to give Funches success was Steve Smith on the other side and Greg Olson being more of a weapon. Greg Olson's not the same player Kelvin anymore. Benjamin. Steve Smith is retired. So now... Kelvin Benjamin. I'm, I'm sorry. Kelvin Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin. Whatever that was worth. Not, but uh, I don't know why I went to Steve Smith. Completely mixed errors. Completely <laughs> well, mixing yeah, errors. But yeah, uh, I meant Kelvin Benjamin. Yes. But there were other... Yes. For the record, Funches 77% owned... 45% for Taylor Gabriel. DJ Moore, 66. Yeah. I'd rather own DJ Moore. I'd rather Moore. own DJ Moore, too. I, I, be, I believe that. I, I'm in the middle. I believe that aspect of it, that DJ Moore is getting more involved. They want him to be their number one guy, not just the big play guy. He's and Now he's not just a boomer bust. He is a PPR monster the last couple weeks. So DJ Moore, a guy I certainly want. But if I need a wide receiver and Devin Funches is available, I will certainly take a shot on that. Tampa Bay, Cleveland, New Orleans, the, Atlanta, New Orleans. That's the part of that's the argument that I like that's from the pro schedule. side. That was the real part of this. the argument that I like from the pro side that I took away was that makes sense. If you're telling me that it's just that's my schedule, if I'm desperate, oh, man, I like it's you don't need to do it. Because, again, I would rather DJ Moore and I think I would rather Taylor Gabriel for the most part, depending on your format. That's where format gets into it. I would rather Taylor Gabriel either but way. But if those two but, guys are available, I'd go there. Yeah, but if neither of those yes. two guys are available and somebody has cut punches because they're just sick of it, because it's like he mean he's he's about to be like 30% available, and it's, he wasn't that very recently. So recently he's been getting dumped. Yeah. So if he's getting dumped by you, it's worth a shot on it, I think, potentially. But again, there's two other options I like better just offhand. So I don't know that Devin Funches adding him is going to win you your week or – yeah, frankly, that we'll go with that. For I don't know that that's going to be the thing that wins you your week or necessarily wins you your league, but it could be. Depends on your situation that's too. Like uh, if you're dealing with injuries and it and gets into individual you, but... roster construction and whatnot. But that's the Devin Funches yep. in a nutshell. Let's get into extended trust or bust. Trust me. Trust. I'm asking you to trust me. Or bust. You make any kind of mistake and boom. Players to start. That a fish be trust or what? Trust your instincts. Players that should sit. Go ahead and take a seat. Take a seat right over there. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Helping you set your lineup. Don't make the same mistake I made. 
to win your week. Gotcha. Can't win, don't try. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. And remember, don't trust anyone over 30! Neil Thruster Bust, as you mentioned, extended because we are heading into the last week of the fantasy regular season. Playoffs on the horizon. Need to get that victory to get in. So, Mitchell Trubisky if he plays, or Jameis Winston at home against the Panthers? Uh, if, if he plays, it's Mitch. If he plays, it's Mitch, but you're not taking as much of a tumble as... Uh, that's not much of a tumble. Because Jameis Winston... Uh, what concerns me with Winston is that Somehow he gets benched again, or something idiotic happens. What concerns me with Winston is Carolina's that defense. That too, but Carolina's defense has been really vulnerable to uh, the air raid and getting bombed on down the field, and Tampa Bay's been really good at that. So that's my concern for Carolina, giving up bad red zone defense and giving up chunk plays. But they're good at stopping the run, which that's not going to come up. <laughs> so I'm, I, But uh, uh, I, I will say, Mitch, if he's playing yeah, Mitch if he's playing. Mitch if he's playing. Uh, yeah, yeah, if he's playing, obviously. Um, same game here, Edelman or Diggs. I mean, they're playing each other in the same game. Edelman Diggs. or Diggs. I'm going to go with Edelman. It's it's close. I, I, it, it, I'm assuming PPR. I'm, I am too. So I'm going Edelman. He's been a PPR monster, especially with Gronk dealing with his injuries. Yeah, I'm... Let, dig me some uh dig me I'll some take, we'll split that i'll take digs I, I i believe in digs this week all right sure okay uh, uh, digs sorry oh yeah no we don't mistake. even know our own show uh exactly i know right melvin gordon and leonard fournette are on my team and out this week <laughs> sorry i've got I mark that, ingram forced to start in one spot right <laughs> so he's forced to start mark ingram as a result who should he pick up to be his other starting running back? Options are Chris Thompson, LeGarrette Blunt, uh, Justin Jackson, or Derrick Henry PPR scoring. Yeah, I'll take Justin Jackson and Derrick Henry off that. Uh, yeah. And I'm going to go with LeGarrette Blunt because I'm that's, uncertain that's, about Chris That's going to be the tiebreaker is uh, Chris Thompson. I don't know if he's playing. If I knew Chris Thompson was healthy and playing, it's Chris Thompson. But I don't. So. And uh, even then. Even if I knew he was going to be healthy and probably playing, it's the Monday night game. I yeah, can't no go into that game on Thursday. There's no like, there's, yeah. you, unless you have, unless you want to go get Capri Bibbs or something. But even though either. it's against the Rams, they're at home. Legarrette Blunt's going to get. I the mentioned touches. it earlier. The Rams have been yeah, terrible at stopping the run, so we'll see if they can yeah. manage to do it. But it's Blunt. Full point PPR: Matt Breida or Mark Ingram. Uh, I'm gonna uh, go. Breida playing the Seahawks. Yeah, on the road. it's not a good matchup either way because Kamara or. Ingram has the Ingram against the Cowboys, night, but he's dealing with Kamara and in his back. Thursday field, night, yeah. and I don't, you know, for whatever you think, I'm not crazy about it being a Thursday night game against Dallas, which has done stopping the rail, stopping the run well, relatively well. It's a Thursday night game, but they both played last Thursday. That's true. So, so it's a full rest, rest. Yeah. Okay. But the uh, the what what doesn't change is my opinion of the Cowboy run defense, which has actually been pretty good. So I'm still going I, Mark Ingram. Think, I, I believe more in the Saints offense than the Niners. It's, is the I thing think here. it's Mark Ingram by a hair, and I, what separates it for me is the fact that I am nervous about Breida just in general because he's always a candidate in my mind yeah, to go was, out of the game. And just in yeah, general, I was going to say, I trust uh, Ingram to stay on the field yeah. more, and that well, has and to then be part of the What I like about Ingram, the other side of Ingram that, I, that also separates it for me slightly, uh, is if the Saints get up big, which is entirely possible, then it's the Mark Ingram show. And we've seen that before. Like, if they go up right. by 20 points and they just start salting you away, it becomes Mark Ingram out there for a good chunk of it. So I, I go Ingram here. Uh, pick two, Joe Mixon, Matt Breida, Gus Edwards, Josh Adams. Uh, I'm going Mixon and Adams, and I don't think it's No, I, I'm doing the same thing. I'm not trusting fully on them. I don't think Edwards could outscore either of those guys, given their volume. I think Gus Edwards is the other guy in the yeah, conversation. Yeah, he is. why I went to uh, Gus Edwards. I think Edwards, the one I, you can yeah, kind of throw out. Yeah, that's why I went to Gus but... Edwards. <laughs> that's, so it's like, that's the third guy that I would consider, and I'm not playing Breida this week against the Seahawks. So it's it's Adams and Mixon, and I'd say that's we salt that away. Ooh, this one's ugly. A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, or Josh Gordon? A.J. Green. A.J. Green with Jeff Driscoll at 70% against the Broncos. Yeah, don't love it, but I like the other options less. And A.J. Green is... I'm going Josh Gordon in a game that's probably a shootout in Foxborough. 
fair enough. I just I'm not. I mean, not I, if I'm being honest, AJ Green is probably the guy third on yeah, the list. I get that, but as you mentioned before, the Tyler Boyd having the pressure off of him with AJ Green actually, basically a decoy. Say, Tyler Boyd is, could be primed for a big yeah. game if they go that direction because AJ Green's taken away. My and we talked about it when AJ Green was hurt. It, the kind of injury he had with the, the toe sprain. Just his push-off, his release, his ability to get free and break away. Yeah, he may come back this week, but we still could be two, three weeks away before he's at a position where he can actually get open and, and look good. We've seen this from Calvin Johnson in the past and Julio Jones, guys that need to make these moves to get open and make plays and have struggled to do so. They just they come back to help their team out, but it doesn't help your fantasy team out. It just helps their NFL team out. So... I I would just temper expectations there. Now that I said that, he'll put up a 50. But, I mean, just from what we've seen in the past, from what history has told us, I'm very skeptical about what A.J. Green can do this week. Yeah, and that's all fair and warranted, and my, my whole thing is... And again, the quarterback, the quarterback situation. situation it's all matter. warranted. It's all completely fair and warranted. My argument to all of that is going to be that, yes, I'm aware of the idea that he may come back and be gimpy and things like that, but I have this just sense that if they're going to try and win these games, they know that they have to get A.J. Green on the field and get him the ball and just see what he can do. And I'm just confident. I'm confident enough that I would bank on it. I'm, I'm, I will, I'm sticking by it. You haven't talked me off it. All of it's good logic and rationale. And if you don't agree with me, a uh, person who actually asked this question, uh, feel free to take Steve's advice. But if it's me, I would probably stare at that for until my eyes bled, and then I think I would just start my studs, go with A.J. Green, because I just, if he's out there, he's playing, he's probably playing for me. And there is, some, but there is some legitimate red flags to that idea, as Steve has kind of waved you down with. So pick your poison. Standard scoring, Mark Ingram or T.Y. Hilton? Uh, That's actually kind of close. Cause I'm going to go Mark Ingram again, and the only reason I say that is because it's T.Y. against then that's, Jalen Yeah, Ramsey I was saying, okay, there you go. So, you, yeah, you and I are on the same page. I, I know Jalen Ramsey hasn't been, quote-unquote, Jalen Ramsey, but he does not – he does a pretty good job against T.Y., so just historically. So, uh, yeah, I go Ingram here. Rest of season, standard scoring, Greg Olson or David Njoku? <laughs> David Njoku. That's not the way it would have gone coming into the season. Sure. Um, I will say the same thing because uh, Greg Olson just does not uh, look right. Something he, not right. He, we talked about it in the preseason. The biggest concern about him was not only staying on the field, but the fact that he has talked so much about retirement <laughs> that when you're thinking about it and talking about it, you're you're one his foot out foot, the door. Speaking and, of his foot, your numbers. Speaking of his out. foot, I've never been convinced that that's like ever going to be exactly the same. Like the whole. Now the matchups, as we already mentioned, for Carolina couldn't be better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But it's not like Cleveland has a, a world-beater schedule there, and Baker Mayfield has been so hot. He's been hot so hot, and he, he looks for David and Joku. He does. Like, it's just he doesn't always get – it's not – We were talking about it off air that since the, uh, since the Hugh Jackson firing, uh, Baker Mayfield has actually had the second highest QB rating behind Drew Brees and has been one of the more consistent guys in the league since Hugh Jackson's been out, so – I mean, yeah, I'm he going. Has, he has certainly benefited from it. We've talked about Baker all year, and he has he has looked real good in his rookie yeah. season. And coming off like three plus touchdown games, you can say a bunch of stuff in the media too. <laughs> uh, let's see. Need a QB? Who should I choose? Andrew Luck, uh, Deshaun Watson, or you like that? You like that? Kirk Cousins. I mean, I'm I'm gonna go Luck. I know you are. I'm going to go I, Watson at home against the Browns. None of these the things Browns. are shocking for me. Like, by the way, you're, you asked you asked two guys that could not be more opinionated on this topic and are not going to budge. Like, I'm, and you're the one that has to actually make I that do decision have that ex- of Watson I do have that Luck. exact decision. In, and Luck has been white Luck hot, is, so I cannot no, argue Luck with it. Luck has just been on fire, and at this point it's like, if, I'm, if I can get Andrew Luck, I'm going to play him. And I know it's Jacksonville, but we just went through that in detail like 20 minutes ago. Like, it's... It, I'm right. not overly concerned about How much does that actually scare? The, the thing is, it's a division. Yeah, they're always a little wonky. So if the, that. Yeah, so they're always hard to predict. It's in Jacksonville. If there's one time the Jags show up, it's when you don't want them to or don't expect them to. So it could possibly be this week. And you're talking about Deshaun Watson at home against the Browns. I mean, 
I, I feel like I, I got to go with that one. Yeah, and that's fair. But I could see the but luck I'm, argument. Yeah. He's been an MVP. He's like, yeah, so, so I'm going I'm going luck, and we both, like, again, if we have to. Again, we agree it's between, it's those, between those two. I don't I'm think your Cousins is Kirk in the Cousins. conversation. No, we're not doing that. I get the rationale of, like, it's a high-scoring game with the Patriots and all that. I get it. I totally get it. I don't care. Andrew Luck keeps putting up 30s every week, just three touchdowns, three touchdowns, yep. three touchdowns. And I get that there's a regression to the mean argument to be made with that as well. But at the same time, I've watched just about all those games, and that's the offense. That's the literal Frank Reich offense. That's what they're doing. They've set it up that way. And they're just like, nope, you're not going to run around at all, Andrew. You're going to snap the ball. You have two seconds. Throw it. I don't care where it goes. Throw it. It's like we're doing that. If you throw two picks in the game, don't care. We're just going to keep going. <laughs> it's a it's a, uh, it's a, a little bit of a different look than what he used to do where he was more mobile. He did have that nice play at the end of the uh, the end of the game uh, last week where he ran around. But that is not really doing as much of that, and they're trying to keep him upright, keep him healthy. So I'm, I, I stand by luck, and I stand by the idea that I like luck for the remainder of the season. I guess. But I get the argument for Deshaun. Sure. I get the argument for Deshaun. Yeah. Rest of the season, yeah, sure, I could see it. But yeah, yeah Watson. I also get the argument for Deshaun because, as you pointed out, it's my, – my, my only issue with Deshaun is the volatility of it. When he's on, he's great. When he's right. off, yeah. and Andrew Luck is doing All right, we got to move on. Move on. This week, playing against each other, Greg Olson or Cameron Brait? I think it's kind of what it's we just talked thing. about. Cameron Bray, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, let's see. Kyle Rudolph against the Patriots or Greg Olson against yeah, Tampa? We're doing this. Kyle, a lot of Kyle Greg Olson Rudolph. questions. We're doing, I'm going Kyle Rudolph. Yeah. Uh, That's well. closer. That one's actually closer, but I still go Kyle. Kyle Rudolph had a nice kind of bounce back game last week. I think they're going to try and keep him involved. Hmm. See, here's my problem with Kyle Rudolph is the fact that they have Diggs and Thielen that are both so involved oh, in I know. the offense. It's, it's hard to It's hard to – they yeah, only it's go hard to, Kyle to take Rudolph anyone else. Zone. That's the other issue. They only really. The thing is, they've gone to Greg Olson in the red zone, and there's really not much else to throw to other than DJ Moore, and they still can't get any production out of yeah. him. Yeah. So. What's uh, what's frustrating about all of it is that one's the closest to like an actual coin flip. I'm gonna go Kyle Rudolph, and we will just continue to crap on Greg he's Olson as he puts up three 35. touchdowns this Oh weekend. yeah, that's happened. We've Book already because now yep. we've gone too far. The die has yep, been cast. We've gone too far. <laughs> Uh, Roethlisberger or Rivers? Again, players against yeah. each other. Uh, it's like a theme uh, of the night here. That, I go Rivers. I'm going... It's close. It's home Roethlisberger. I know, it's home Roethlisberger, and, but it's a... Uh, the matchup with the... Uh, yeah, I called it as a Charger win. I'm going yeah. Rivers. Statement it's the Chargers uh, defense that I think... Especially when there's no Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Like they're gonna have Eckler to run the ball, but a lot they're of it's gonna, gonna be a lot of it's PPR. not gonna be a lot of it's pass yeah, it's, catching. A lot of yep. it's not running the ball. It's screens and things like that. So there's gonna be a lot of that going on. Half point PPR: Chris Carson or Matt Breida? Again, guys against yeah. Uh, Chris Carson. Yes, Chris Carson. Uh, Marquise Goodwin or Bruce Ellington PPR? Bruce. Yeah, Bruce. Uh, let's see, QB. Jameis Winston, Dak Prescott, or Marcus Mariota? I'm going Dak. He has been white hot the last few weeks since their buy and acquiring Amari well, Cooper. He has just been stacking up the points. He's got the rushing I'm floor that doesn't seem to be there for either of the other Dak's ones. The matchup. That's, yeah, the, the, Saints that's matchup, the matchup so. I want because he's going to have to. They're going to have to score points and throw the ball. That's it's just going to have to be part right. of it. And he's going to have to run around. So I think it's and the Saints defense isn't any good. So I go Dak. Uh, let's see. AJ Green, Julian Edelman, or Amari Cooper in PPR? Oh boy, tempted to go Edelman. Shot call. I'm. I've been drinking the water here. Amari Cooper. <laughs> that's the. That's the other one that I had in my mind. Uh, that's the one that's tempting. That one taunts you, because it's a. Uh, the chasing that forty. You just. You just yeah. said it. They. They, they have, have to, to the play. Yeah. They have to score. They're going to chase the points, and he's the guy. Yeah. That's We've so frustrating because I'm going to go Amari Cooper. Cole died yeah. and because we said it before. Dak zones in on yeah, one and guy and just gives him all the value, and Amari Cooper's been I that I have to guy. go Amari with you. So, I want to go Edelman, but I yeah. don't – I think the upside isn't necessarily there for Edelman, if that makes sense. Like, there's the idea that I could get – the floor is roughly the same for both guys, but I think there's more top end on Amari Cooper based on the ideal, really, that I just watched him put up a 40. So there is some recency bias yeah. to this. But 
as you pointed out, it's the same argument from before. The matchup. It just lends itself to it. Uh, half point PPR needs this win to make the playoffs. A lot of pressure right. here. Uh, Matt Breida, Sony Michelle, Amari Cooper, pick two. Sony Michelle and Amari Cooper? Yeah, as long as Michelle practices this week. I don't like the Michelle matchup necessarily against the Vikings, but at the same time, my other option is Matt Breida, and I don't like that option either. So. Yeah, they're both injured running backs against good run. Yeah, defenses. I'm a little. You got to be a little worried about the Sony. Well, you kind of worry about both. It's just one is on the road and one is at home. And one is on the Patriots. And one is the Patriots on offense the Patriots. and one is yeah, the Yeah, one of these guys is on the Patriots. No, yeah, it's it's. The, I'm not going to waver from it. It's Cooper hands it's down, Cooper and but then, then Sony Michelle. I, I think, think the Sony Michelle edges out the other spot, assuming he practices all week and is like it's not some sort of guessing shell game. Oh man, are we going to go with the trifecta? Flex spot, Amari Cooper, Mark Ingram, uh, Anthony, I don't know if it's Anthony or Lamar Miller, and then Tyler Boyd, just says Miller. Uh, my guess would be... Let's assume I'll both. Assume Lamar Miller. <laughs> no, 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 let's, let's assume, assume both. both. Okay, well then I'll throw Anthony Miller out. <laughs> so, do that. And then, uh... So, the options that are, we'll call it... If I'm throwing Anthony Miller out, we'll do Lamar Miller. <laughs> we'll do uh, it's it's so there's Amari Cooper, Lamar Miller, Mark Ingram, and who's the other one? Tyler Boyd. Uh, Amari Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> Go over the trifecta. It's either it's Amari Cooper is one, but I, you said pick two, correct? Oh, just no, the just one. The oh, just the flex. Yeah, Amari Cooper. The upside that he presents. Who's your backup? Uh, my backup to that is a conversation between uh, I think Mark Ingram or uh, Lamar Miller. Yeah, I'd say Lamar and Miller against the Browns, the way they're going to run the ball. It's, They've been running the ball. Yeah, it's probably that, although I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, be super. We already covered Mark Ingram is my point. We already talked about right. that. So if you want to go that way, that's, that's kind of how I lean. Uh, Half-point PPR, Theo Riddick or James White? We kind of talked about this already, Theo Riddick. Yes, Theo yeah, Riddick. Be- my clear-cut Which, Which, there. by the way, if you would have said that to a couple well, a couple weeks ago, people's monocles would have started falling to their... <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Non-PPR, pick two, Ingram, Breida, T.Y. Hilton. Ingram and Hilton? Yes. Uh, Amari Cooper or Sony Michelle, half-point PPR, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper again. When did we become the uh, I Love Tom Amari Brady Cooper podcast? Or Marcus Mariota? This happened. What was it? Amari Cooper or Marcus Mariota? Is that is that the question? <laughs> yeah. That's the question? Who do you want to Yeah, that's the yeah. question. Uh, Amari Cooper. Oh, that's actually an interesting one because Brady hasn't been great, and it's not a good matchup at all. Uh, I'm still going, I'm with, going Brady. with Brady. I can't. I know Mariota's been better recently, but I just I have a hard time trusting it. And I just I would kill myself if Brady lays down a forty, and Mariota. Uh, half point PPR: Adrian Peterson or Legarrette Blunt. See, that's an interesting one because most weeks it would be Adrian Peterson in a cakewalk. Obviously, it wouldn't even be a question. But I am actually concerned about how beat up Adrian Peterson is starting to get because they are just asking him to do everything with everybody else hurt. So I'm still going Peterson. I trust him. <sighs> Yeah, you swayed me. I don't trust LeGarrette Blunt at all, and it is a, it's a better matchup than it. Never looks have, on paper. never will. Yeah, better matchup than it looks like on paper. But if he doesn't fall into the end zone twice, it's useless to you. So. Well, that's it. Good luck to everybody trying to head into the playoffs this weekend as we finish up the regular season of fantasy football. Only a handful of weeks left, Neil. We got three shows left in what is essentially the fantasy season here. Uh, four shows for the actual full NFL season and five shows for the year. This year has just absolutely flown by. It's just been a uh, – this this football season, I should say. It's just absolutely just rocketed by. So it's it's hard to believe that we're already <laughs> about ready to start the actual – Right, we're already counting it down, already yeah. getting ready for the off-season. Ready for the off-season. We're talking about off-season moves a little bit more on the show, and that's always more of a theme when we get to this type of foreshadowing. Yeah, it's, a, it's been a crazy year, and just <laughs> – I'm so glad the whole saga of Le'Veon Bell is over. I can't express that. Oh, thank God. Why, why would you even bring that up? Why do, why do you get to kick me when I'm, I'm feeling so high and you got to kick me in the shin just to bring oh, me down to your level? I see. That's not even what I was trying to do. But you know what? You know what it is? I'm just, I'm out of here. I'm leaving. All right. Good, good night, everybody. 
Just, All right. just it's keep up the nonsense. We're just going to leave the mic on. Right. <laughs> Have a week. Music for the Important Nonsense Podcast is provided by Lee Rosevear, Lame Genie, and Tri Tachyon. Thank you for listening, and be sure to keep up with the latest content on importantnonsense.com.